0: Well, suddenly we got ourselves a week in the world of college football that nobody, uh, nobody saw coming. It's Pete Mundo. We are doing an emergency Heartland College Sports Podcast for you. As uh, The shocking news this week, USC and UCLA are heading to the Big Ten. Now, uh, my first reaction, my first thought when I heard this news on, I guess that would have been Thursday this week, was, uh, remember that whole alliance thing? Like, I just started laughing to myself about the alliance. What was the alliance? Remember one year ago, right after the news came down that Oklahoma and uh, Texas were leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. If you recall what happened at the time, there was this alliance that was formed between the Big 10, the ACC, and the Pac 12. And the alliance, it was a press release they put out, it wasn't, you know, any kind of. Piece of paper or wasn't uh, worth anything. But the alliance was all about these three conferences working together, not poaching each other's teams, putting uh, the student athlete first, talking about the educational missions, and it was all BS. Everything about it was BS. And that's exactly where my mind went when we found out that, and it was a done deal by the end of the day that USC and UCLA were leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. I was like, this thing was always worthless. They hyped it up, and it meant nothing. It meant absolutely nothing because college football, like it or not, is driven by money and power. That's it. That, and that's, that's fine. It's now just out in the open. I think that for many of us, and I, I consider myself – um, somebody who falls into this category as we start off this emergency podcast on HeartlandCollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo, your host. Um, if you're new to the show, maybe your first time listening, if you're a Big 12 fan, please leave a rating, review, subscribe. You get a free Heartland College Sports Koozie when you do that and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M U N D O, at HeartlandCollegesports.com because I know we're going to have a lot of new listeners coming in with this bombshell news this week but I I think a lot of us um, for better or for worse long for the days of college football in particular being super regional uber regional right big six big eight even big 12 was hyper regional you could drive to every road game for a weekend you got to know the opposing fan bases as well as your own for better or for worse those days are over And maybe that nostalgia gets the best of us sometimes. The sport was never as clean and pure as many of us imagined it was. No one got along as well as we hoped they would. Money and power were always the two biggest motivating factors. But now it's all out in the open. It is every man, every school for himself or itself. And anyone pretending otherwise is not being honest. So last summer, when this alliance came out, the Big Ten and the ACC and the Pac-12 said, we're in this together. They took some shots at the SEC, saying they were focused on the well-being of the student-athlete. It was comical, and it's even a bigger joke now. The well-being of the student-athlete at USC and UCLA to go, what, to a Tuesday night basketball game against Rutgers 3,000 miles away, fly back in time for, what, a 9, 10 o'clock class in the morning? Spare me the well-being of the student athlete. Now, the student athlete's doing better than ever before. We know that student athlete between the transfer portal, name, image, likeness, basically pay for play. I mean, that's that the student athlete's doing great in terms of you know uh, making money off the sport. That's fine as well to a degree. I've said for a long time the pendulum has gone from you know one direction and it has swung too far the other way and we've got to find that happy medium. But the student-athlete is in a very good place, all right? And what is happening with the schools is that the schools are now looking out for themselves and nobody else. You know, I think the Big 12, the new Big 12, Sands, Oklahoma, Texas, those 12 teams feel like they are actually all pulling in the same direction. For the first time, Probably since the founding of the Big 12 itself in the mid 90s, going back almost 30 years now, it does feel like you have 12 teams on the same page. Texas is not there to bully, you know, its way around the conference. Uh, Nebraska is not getting pissed off at Texas. Texas a And M's not getting ticked off at Texas. I mean, everybody's in this together. But don't kid yourself. You think that if Oklahoma State had a chance to go to the say SEC or Big Ten tomorrow, they wouldn't go? What if Iowa State or Kansas got a call from the Big Ten saying, hey, we want to bring you guys on board? I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't believe that it will. uh, But I'm just pointing it out. Even all the hot talk right now around the Big 12 conference saying, hey, no, we're on the same page. This is great. We love this league. I would not trust a team as far as I could throw them right now. And why would you? You'd be a fool and a sucker to believe anything anybody is saying publicly in the world of college sports. You got to look out for number one more than ever. And for the Big 12, I think this league right now is in a good spot. Because here's the thing, it doesn't impact the hierarchy of where the Big 12 is sitting. Right? The Big 12, I believed, when it came to football and basketball, post-OU and Texas leaving, was going to be the third of, three, uh, third of five Power Five conferences. I've said for a long time that when Oklahoma and Texas leave, it will be the SEC, it will be the Big Ten, and then the Big 12 absolutely can find itself in that number three slot. And I actually feel more confident in that more than ever before because the ACC is kind of in this floundering position, right? It's Clemson and everybody else for the time being. Maybe Miami or Florida State make a comeback or get back to prominence, but You know, it's certainly not looking uh, like that's going to be the case. And there's no depth, no depth at all in the ACC, especially from a football perspective. I mean, when Pitt's playing for your conference title, uh, you got yourself a problem there. All right. And then you look to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is on death's door. What does the Pac-12 do right now? This is kind of where the Big 12 found itself, um, you know, a year ago now. Well, one of the great conferences, one of the great programs they could approach for their conference is who? BYU. BYU is coming to the Big 12. What are they going to do? Go after Wyoming? Where are they going to go from here? I mean, what are, what are the options? San Diego State? I, now, the Big 12 did not replace Oklahoma and Texas with Blue Bloods. The, you know, they couldn't do it. But they took the best available teams, and it wasn't close. You got great media markets in Cincinnati, in Orlando, in Houston, and then you got a massive independent program with not just you know nationwide reach with BYU, but in many ways a global reach in BYU. You could not have done better for the Big 12 conference. The Pac 12 is looking at scraps right now. Where are you going to go, Wyoming? New Mexico State. I don't know. I'm just throwing out names out there because there's nothing obvious unless you think they can raid the Big 12. And there's zero reason that a Big 12 team would go to the Pac-12 right now. Zero reason whatsoever. The most obvious thing, and this is where the Big 12 has to go, and this is why the Big 12 has got to get aggressive here. The Big 12 has got to be the poacher. If super conferences are coming, and that's what it seems like is happening here, as the Big Ten and the SEC go to 16 teams, the Big 12's got to be looking and saying, okay, if the future is is super conferences, right, and who even knows what happens after that, but for now, if the future is super conferences to keep up in this arms race, look to the Pac-12, which is vulnerable, and where are you looking? I mean, there are a couple places I'm going right out of the gates. I'm going to Colorado. I'm saying, Colorado, you guys made a huge mistake leaving this league. You went west. It hasn't worked for you. Nobody cares about Colorado anymore. When I know Big 12 fans going back 30 years who loved going to Boulder on that trip. Now, you know, it wasn't always a cultural fit. (laughs) We know what Boulder is, but it was a great road trip. Big 12 fans loved it. And it was an underrated road trip that I don't think got the uh, attention nationally in terms of people realizing how much they enjoyed having Colorado in the Big 12. Make Colorado crawl back. That's number one. There's natural rivalries there already with many of the old Big 12 teams. I mean, K-State, KU, Oklahoma State, uh, Iowa State. That'll be, you know, a homecoming of sorts. And it would be great for the Big 12 footprint to be right there in that Denver media market that is growing rapidly and there's already grown into a top 20 media market in the country. Utah, pair it up with BYU. You've got a natural duo right there to build a rivalry with in the western half of the Big 12. It's a very natural fit. It's a really good program. Now, you know Utah doesn't necessarily by itself move the needle. I think uh, from a standpoint of national media exposure, BYU being a top 10 team, Is better than Utah being a top 10 team. We've seen Utah compete at the top of the Big 12 or Pac 12 and win Pac-12 titles. It doesn't really move the needle. But it's good to have them in there and, and give BYU a partner out west. And then when you look at partners and talk about partners, Arizona, Arizona State. Scoop them up, bring them into the conference. You then have, you know, really four to five solid teams in the western half of your league theoretically. In Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, BYU. And then you would have, you know, an eastern half of this league as well in UCF, Cincinnati, West Virginia. And then you're looking at the other eight teams, of course, the old Big Eight or old eight old Big 12 teams. (laughs) Got to keep track of all this. The eight old Big 12 teams for a 16 team Big 12. That's what the league's got to be doing today. And Brett Yormark, who got the job this week or officially was announced as the new Big 12 commissioner this week, he has got to be working hand in hand with Bob Bowlsby to get this thing done. All right. Because I know Yormark is kind of in this uh, new place, unique place. He doesn't know college sports, the new commissioner. He's a pro sports guy, Rock Nation guy. But Big 12 cannot wait here. All right. This is... Uh, A dog-eat-dog world. I know it's cliche, and everyone's saying it's the Wild West, but, I mean, you know, there's a reason that's become a cliche because it's the best way to describe it, and it's true. It's the Wild West. So get moving. Get going. Don't rest on your laurels and say, yeah, we've got UCF, and we've got Houston and, and BYU and Cincinnati, and it's great. The race is on the 16. The SEC is there. The Big Ten is there. Now, there's one big fish That everybody's talking about and you know who that is right that big fish is Notre Dame we know the Big Ten desperately wants Notre Dame I don't know what the language is in the contract that would prevent Notre Dame from leaving for the Big Ten right now or the Big 12 or the SEC but they can go wherever they want the pitch for the big 12 is this: You can go to the Big Ten, you can go to the SEC. You will not have the voice that you will have in the big 12. The big 12 is in your region already with you know, Cincinnati on board and West Virginia, and Iowa State kind of not really. I'm just kind of, you know, grasping at straws here, but you can come into the big 12. and I'm not saying you get preferential treatment. But let's be honest. Notre Dame walks in the door, and there's some cachet and pizzazz to that. You will get a seat at the head of the table in the big twelve in a way that you will have to fight for a little bit more in these other leagues. Now, Notre Dame may say, uh, we don't really care. Um, you know these other leagues have great value to us. The Big Ten, clearly, let's be honest, and be fair, does have the best institutions. From an AAU perspective, how much does that matter? To Notre Dame, you know, I, I don't know, I, I can't answer it. But you at least make the call. You at least reach out and say, okay, what's uh, what's the play here? What's the value here? What should we be doing? That is something that this league has to be has to be right now, considering, looking at, and at least making Notre Dame say no to you. Like that's it's fine, right? you're asking out the the best-looking chick to prom, you make her say no. If you got the confidence and the Big 12 should be confident right now, make them say no. That's it. But if not, the backup that I just gave you to get to 16, I love for the league. I love the idea of Colorado coming back, getting them back into the Big 12. I love Utah pairing with BYU. I love having the Arizona schools in as that state continues to expand and grow. Uh, get new population. You know, a lot of Californians going there to monster uh, schools with huge undergrad uh, enrollments, meaning massive alumni bases. Uh, You know, and I think there's a natural fit there for Texas Tech with the Arizona schools. I think those culturally, these schools fit in well with each other. I mean, there's no perfect cultural fit when you talk about 16 teams. But from the standpoint of finding as good a cultural fit as you can have, spanning nearly coast to coast, those four do it. Now, the question everyone's asking, though, is you talk about the Pac-12 and what's going to happen. What about Oregon and Washington? You can get Oregon in the mix if you want. I mean, I'd love to have that Nike money and that Phil Knight money in the Big 12. And we know you know, what they are as a program and what they built up there. But um, you know, I think Oregon may be trying to weigh its options a little bit and saying, Okay, what do we actually do? Is the Big Ten really done? The Big Ten doesn't feel like it's done because, you know, you've got these two teams now in USC and UCLA, and you have nobody within basically fifteen hundred miles. Right? You gotta go to Lincoln, Nebraska to find the closest team in uh, the Big Ten, the USC and UCLA. And if we're going towards these Pods, of, you know, with formats. Do you want to have a four-team pod out west? If I'm the Big Ten, that's what I would do. Now, reports are they're done with expansion for now. I don't know what "for now" means. Does that mean for now, like today, like this week, like this month, this year, this decade? I don't know. But once again, to tie back to the original point, you can't trust anybody right now. So I got to imagine that Oregon is begging the Big Ten or the SEC for an invite, as they should. I mean, you know, they're a big-time program. They've had an enormous amount of success, uh, great facilities, big money. They should be calling up those two. Does the SEC want to go that far west? It's not around. You know, Eugene, Oregon's not around the corner from really anything. So that's the logistic issue that um, Oregon finds itself in. And then Washington. Now, Washington, good school. You could pair it with Oregon in some capacity. Is that something the Big 12 looks at? Do they look at an Oregon-Washington duo? I'm not opposed to it. If you told me, hey, uh, we'll go Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Washington, that's appealing too. Now, I think Arizona, Arizona State are more cultural fits than Oregon and Washington from a Big 12 perspective, but you're splitting hairs. I think the idea of cultural fits are attractive to me and to many of us as you know, fans, but I don't think it's the end-all be-all. I just don't. So if you told me, hey, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Washington, okay, and that works too. Do you go for 18 or 20? I mean, I don't know what the next step is here, right? I don't know what the next phase is here. Do the whole idea of conferences go away? And we just have a power, power 50, the 50 biggest programs basically have their own league a la the NFL. Maybe, maybe that's where we are in five or 10 years anyway. And this is all just meaningless, but you've got to position yourself to be in that top 50. And that's what, you know, being in the big 12 accomplishes uh, for all of these teams, it gets their revenues up. And also you, you have to look at this because this is the driver here. This is all about TV money. This is all about how can we make as much money as possible on the TV end to then go around and flip ourselves to Amazon, CBS, NBC, whoever. I mean, I didn't mention ESPN and Fox because I don't think the Big 12 should do business with ESPN anymore. ESPN is going to be all about the SEC And you know the Big 12 is going to be stuck on ESPN 17 with the way things are trending. And you might say, well, what does CBS offer? I mean, CBS would have Big CBS, CBS Sports Network. They own Paramount. You could stream games on Paramount Plus. There are options there. Amazon now involved with the NFL. They'll start to know what they're doing. And who knows who else pops into the equation here? There's going to be other opportunities. So for this league, you say, what is the best play for us from a TV perspective to get ourselves the best deal possible when our TV contracts up in two to three years? That's where this negotiation and conversation should be for Brett Yormark, the new commissioner. He's got to get Bob Bowlesby in because Bowlesby has lived through this. And understands what's at stake here. I hope that Bullsby is heavily involved in these conversations. I know some of you say, forget Bob Bowlesby. He screwed us. I can't sit. No, I, I, I don't feel that way. He got blindsided, just like George Kliakoff, the new Pac-12 commissioner, got blindsided. I mean, George Kliakoff is not a dumb guy. The guy was running MGM, right? I mean, he was a top executive at MGM. He's used to cutthroat business people. He just got blindsided by USC and UCLA. Just like Bob Bowlesby did. That's not on Bob Bowlesby. This is not on George Kliakoff. But there's there's an irony, too. Maybe it's coincidental. I don't know. But there is um, something awfully rich about Lincoln Riley's role in all of this. What did Lincoln Riley know and when did he know it? It doesn't matter. I don't care that much. But when Lincoln, Lincoln Riley left for USC, did he know that this Big Ten thing was in play? My gut is that he did. Just like he knew, obviously, Oklahoma was angling and going to the SEC long before the public knew, he probably knew that USC was primed for this move. And what it confirms, to those of us who you know maybe wondered... Lincoln Riley thinks he can win big at the highest levels of the sport, Big Ten or SEC being at USC over being at Oklahoma. It's just interesting how Lincoln Riley continues to be a central figure in this entire conversation. Neither here nor there from what it means for the Big 12, but just you know, a unique angle that this guy has found himself at the center of the conversation for the last 12 months now. Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I hope you will subscribe to the show. Trust me, we've got a ton of content coming your way here at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Hit that subscribe button. We also have podcasts, team-oriented podcasts that are dropping every week. We're rolling those out, so just search Heartland College Sports wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll see all our shows signing up. Uh, Sign up for them. Subscribe to them. We so appreciate that. And if you leave a rating and a review on this show on iTunes, you'll get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. When you leave that rating and review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It's my way of saying thank you for taking 30 seconds out of your day And doing just that because we've got so much more uh, coming your way. Appreciate you guys. Hit that subscribe button. I know some of you haven't yet, so just asking one more time and be sure to stay tuned because this thing is moving. It's moving fast, and we want you to be around for the ride. And this is how we took this show to be the number one Big 12 podcast, beating out CBS, Fox, whoever, ESPN. We got them all beat when it comes to Big 12 Podcasts on iTunes. So thank you guys for that. We so appreciate you. Keep sharing this show, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.